Gray Fox. Praise games. And welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video games podcast where once a fortnight, a bunch of friends, good friends, good men, jump on a pod and talk about video games, what they love, what they hate, and that sweet, 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 sweet fandom in between. Join me on the pod today, a man who has a lot of platinums. They call him the Platinum Man, Alex Hemming. Hello, sir. Hello. How you How doing? doing? Oh, that was excellent. I'm very good, thank you. Very, very good. Having a lovely time. Just enjoying a bit of cool weather with my new fan. With hey. this jet engine of a fan, it's incredible. If you can't be your own fan, who can be? Hey? Absolutely. And uh, I'm getting over a bit of a cold, so sorry if I've not got the vocal range for this today, but I always said to Miles I'd serenade him, so I'm going to go have this one. I don't want no fly guy, I just need my Mo's guy, Mo's guy, a shy guy, who can only be juice. Jonathan Moles. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, mercy. Mercy, Moles. <sighs> What's been going on in the mole hole? Uh, yeah, not much, not much out of the ordinary, to be honest. Just, yeah, life. Life. Beautiful. It's life. It's all good. Life. But you know it's better than life? Video games. Unfortunately, Michael Carden Edwards is on his other pod at the moment. For shame! Because breaking news has just happened with football in those footballs, those sport balls. So he's got out to sport those balls while he's talking about something to do with mounts as well. But anyway, you'll hear about that in another time. Uh, gentlemen, usually I'll say let's cast something. Usually I'll say let's talk about something. But I saw something on the internet the other day, which I shared with my friends. And that sparked a bit of a conversation. I decided to share it with my team at work. That sparked even more conversation. I sparked, I then started speak, catching strangers in the street. And I was like, okay, I need to hear your answers. And I started keeping a tally. So I thought, thought I'd bring the tally to here. Now, this is a very important thing. We all have a sandwich. Hemming, what's your favourite sandwich? Ooh, I like the Christmas dinner sandwich. The M&S? Yes. yes. That's the that's, one, that's the cranberry sauce, the turkey, the stuffing, all in a sandwich. Oh, not my choice, but that's your choice, and I respect that. Moles, favourite sandwich? Oh, the, the brie and bacon in a baguette. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a, these are, this is some connoisseurs of sandwiches. My favourite is just the, I'm, a, I'm an old soul. I like the, the, the salad cream, the egg salad cream and tomato sandwiches from Marks and Spencer. I'm a bit of a snob like hemming for sandwiches there. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> I'll give it there. Anyway, that's not the question. The question is, if you had that perfect sandwich before you and it was not cut... How would you cut it? Would you cut down the middle or would you cut diagonally? Hemming. It, it's it's diagonally. I surely there's only one answer to this. It's I agree. Triangles. I agree. I'm a diagonal. I'm a triangle man. I think triangles, like you see, triangles taste better. They're, they're a that's tastier science. shape. <laughs> exactly. That is just pure science. <laughs> Miles, what's, what what are you? Not to we don't want to like yeah we don't want to influence your decision. We don't, we don't want to judge. No, you. I've got there's, there's some logic behind my choices. So. The answer is depends. Now, right, right. if you are, if I'm, if I was to make myself a sandwich for lunch, and I have a plate, it would be triangles because you can arrange the two triangles around the edge of the plate, and you have a a nice surface like in the middle for your crisps and your salad and your bits. Okay, your sandwiches. If it's being packed, say in the kids' lunch box, then it's square because squares are better and easier to pack in a lunch box. 
That's my so logic. This is a man who has packed a lot of lunchboxes. Yeah, it's my logic. Fair play, fair play. Do fair the play. triangles not fit neatly in the corner, or is, does the bread not work? It's just easier to pack squares, mate. Ah, okay. I mean, but, like, that's logic. I mean, we it's all logical. know that triangle is the tastiest of the shapes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, the kids, it's the kids' lunch, so, you know, who cares about taste? As long oh, as they get lunch, class citizens when it comes to food. <laughs> you know, just give whatever you fucking got, right? Uh, so, gentlemen, answer me this question's free. What have you been watching, reading, or playing? Uh, Hemming. Mm. Well, I think I'll skip on playing because I have a feeling I might be talking quite a bit about that in a second. Yeah, we'll take those fancies in a second. Uh, but watching, um, I've decided to treat myself I got one of those SeaWorld Ultimate cards, and I thought that I'd uh, have a good time and see what's on, because there's a lot of good films out there at the minute. Talk to me. What'd you say? So I saw two films last week. Nice. Uh, Spider-Verse. Ah, that is one of, if not the best animated film I've ever seen. It's in a top two, and it, it's, it's, it's a toss between that and the original, right? It's hard to compare. Yeah, I just mean the the different styles of animation that they've blended Beautiful. together so perfectly, and then telling a really compelling and interesting story as well. I mean, I know the multiverse is kind of overplayed at the moment. It seems everybody's doing a multiverse thing. You get a multiverse. I got exactly. a multiverse. <laughs> but this is fun, and yeah, well worth watching. Incredible, flies by, and I can't wait for the third one. Who knows when it's actually going to come out, though, because yeah, it seems that these guys were overworked. Yeah, I, I, it feels like they're in that same sort of bracket as developers of just keep animating. Yeah, But I will stop. say, no spoilers for the second film. My favourite part of the first film is, and I've uh, I've seen this as a print. You can buy this as a print. It's uh, when uh, Peter B. Parker and Mars Morales go to break into Oscorp to steal that USB drive, and they are breaking out through the canteen and he picks up a bagel, and he throws yes. it at a guy, and it bounces off. And just for a split frame, it goes, bagel! And that, as a frame to buy, is beautiful. They're very limited edition, very hard to get, but that's that's amazing. And they, I will just say that they pay tribute to that in the second film, and that's all I'll say. I mean, maybe a little bit more than pay tribute to it, but yeah. Well, then it becomes a fucking spoiler, Henning, so let's just uh, let's <laughs> okay, not, let's okay. not answer those keys anymore. I'm uh, not saying no more. <laughs> uh, the, the second film that I saw... Uh, not quite as high up on my scale of how much I liked it, but it was stupid and I had fun. Uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Um, yeah, it was a Transformers film. <laughs> Can I ask one question? Because I've not yeah, seen this it. yet. I really do want to see it because I'm a Transformers fan. I'm actually a Transformers apologist. Uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, he's just misunderstood. He's just a 14 year old boy trapped in a middle aged man's Basically. director's chair. Um, but does this film reset? The, uh, the Transformers universe, or is it a sequel to the Bayverse? Because I, they still have not acknowledged that uh, we kind of done Optimus Prime being introduced in the early two thousands, and yet this film is set in nineteen ninety four or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's set in the early nineties, and I mean, it's got a hell of a hip hop soundtrack. Yeah, like it's a big, an amazing soundtrack. Give it up, baby. Um, I didn't see Bumblebee movie. Is that also in the early nineties? Or no, that's set in the eighties. Oh, okay. Now you can right. kind of loosely forgive that because Bumblebee has always been on Earth, so like you can kind of say, "Oh, maybe one day he decides to crash land okay. in Shia LaBeouf's back garden, whatever." Um, hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know if it resets it because I'm not enough of a Transformers film buff to know what this universe is I like. I kind of like the fact they've gone. Who gives a fucking <laughs> shit? It's just big robots. Yeah, We're just going to do it again. Exactly, it's it. and it's it's ridiculous, and it will sell because I mean. 
it's the the beast wars maximals i loved those things they look amazing by the way they look so cool it's also got our boy ron perlman being the voice of optimus primus or whatever his name yeah. primal yeah yeah optimus primal and it's <laughs> i will say the thing at the end i'll try not to spoil it but you know how you make a joke about is this film going to end with Nick Fury turning up and saying you're part of a bigger universe? I have already seen what has this happened. This movie ends with the equivalent of Nick Fury turning up and saying you're part of a bigger universe. I really wish I was into <laughs> that other thing that it's connecting it to. I know. It's the Hasbro Cinematic Universe, it ladies and gentlemen. It absolutely is. The, the, the H- Monopoly the H- Man H-C-U. is coming. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Right. So Transformers, G.I. Joe and Monopoly guy comes in. You thought you could get me, Cobra? <laughs> it's <laughs> so yeah that's what i've been up that's what you know i've what been the watching most up thing is is that the guy who does the voice of starscream in the cartoon used to do the voice of cobra so are we going to have a scenario with starscream with cobra <laughs> they would have to do it <laughs> Uh, Miles is just like, yeah, that's going to be a charm to edit. Thanks, Blint. Um, sorry, sorry, Heavy. Anything else going on? Uh, that's all I've been uh, watching. I don't know if you want to get into what I've been playing now. No, gonna we're going to do a, a whole we are holding to the moles. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I haven't been reading much. I'm afraid I'm not much of a reader. I don't know. It's basically just Flint talking about Batman comics. That's the reason why it puts it in Pretty there, Miles. Yeah. Other than FF16, have you been playing anything else? Uh, not really worth mentioning. Just a few bits and pieces with the kids. I usually do, but um, I did enough. finish watching The Strain on Netflix. The uh, vampire taking Del over the Toro world. Books. Um, if you've seen the series, it's worth a watch. No, it's... I read the books. Really like them. I, pers- but, uh... I persevered. There's four seasons. There's like, like 40, 50 episodes. I persevered with that. It was a long slog. Uh, and then I started watching something called Lie to Me with Tim Roth. Yes, Tim Roth and um, Oxy's Broth. I'm only a couple of episodes. That at the time. Only a couple of episodes. It was like, you might like. Excellent. Fine. Watch it. It's um, a very mole show. Yeah, it's quite good. Some thinking, some logical thinking and some non-logical thinking. So I was like, mm, some brain teasers going on. It's a good show so far. So good. Um, and then other than that, I have been playing Final Fantasy 16. But I might have to leave because I think Hemmings probably platinumed it by now and I don't want any spoilers. Not yet. yet. (laughs) Don't worry, we'll we'll, we'll make sure we don't dance on those there spoilers. Spoiler. Nice, nice, nice. Um, So, playing-wise, I've been playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Um, Look, yeah, if you're a kid of a certain vintage, you would have played a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in an arcade machine. This is that spiritual sequel. Obviously, a little bit of something 30-odd years in between, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, one good thing about this game, it is small. It is small as anything, right? If you want to download this, you will download it lickety split regardless of your internet connection because it is a very small game. You can actually download it on your phone. If you are a member of the Apple Arcade, because if you're an Apple person, you probably would be because you're a, you, you make a good choice in phone, uh, you'll be able to get this for free as part of your package. If you are a Netflix customer, you are able to download this as part of your Netflix games. Yes, there are Netflix games on Netflix. Open up the Netflix app. You can find Netflix games on your phone. Shredder's Revenge is on there as well. But I have been playing the PlayStation version. And what I will say is that this is, for better or worse, exactly the same as it was in the arcade. The art style is the same. The music is the same. The controls are the same. This is not like Streets of Rage where they've gone, hey, we're going to do some parallaxy cool stuff, jazz up the music. This really is, this could have been lifted and shifted from that arcade machine into your house, for better or worse. 
But hey, it's part of your PlayStation subscription if you've got that, folks. Take it in, drink it in, it's beautiful. Um, also, been pl- trying to play Destiny 2, but Destiny don't want me to play Destiny 2 because their servers, those Mother Hubbard They're servers... broken. What the hell's happened? Has everyone gone on holiday or have they forgot to pay the lecky bill or something? Because <laughs> it's ridiculous how little you're actually able to play that game at the moment, it's which is... which is constant, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of sucks because I'm actually digging the, the deep. Like, I really do like this season. It's it's different. It's variety. It's a completely new environment. Well, it's not a new environment. It's taken time. But we ain't been there for so long. It feels new. And they're trying some new stuff. And I really appreciate that. And I applaud that. And actually, if every season was that level of difference from stuff, you've got a really, really good game. So it's a crying shame that there are so many server issues right now. Bungie, if you are listening, and I know you are, you motherfuckers, fix those damn fucking servers. Um, so that's what I've been playing. Uh, watching wise, uh, similar to yourself, Hemming, done a bit of cinema binge. Uh, went and saw The Flash, um, what should be called Batman and Friends. So I'm happy. It follows the Batman <laughs> rule. They are looking for Batman when they're not looking for Batman. They're talking about Batman. And if that's not happening, he's going to be in the scene. So I'm happy. Um, but there is a 15 minute edit of this film with all the Keaton scenes in, and then you'll be happy. The rest of the film sucks. The graphics are jank. The story doesn't make sense. Ezra Miller, there's two of them. It still doesn't make up for the fact he's a bit of a jerk. But anyway, that aside, <laughs> Keaton, back in, I would say he's prime, even the man, the sprite, the sprite the age of 70-odd, he's incredible in it. And the cool thing about it is if you're a big fan of Batman 89, this doesn't piss on the past. In fact, it's kind of cool. His fighting style is like 89. He does the same gadgets. He says the thing. He does the thing. He drives the thing. What more do you want? So I was very happy with that. And to wrap off the watching part, uh, Secret Invasion, uh, the Marvel adaptation of the uh, comic book, new TV show on Disney Plus, dropped last week. They're on a second episode now. Uh, it is Nick Fury. It's Samuel Jackson, his own TV show as Nick Fury. Finally, the man has come home. And what I'll say is this is not a kid's show, this one. This is an adult thriller, spy thriller, where scrolls have infiltrated the society of the Earth and they have uh, in every echelon of politics, in government, and Nick Fury is the only one who knows, and he's trying to save the Earth. It's great. It's suspenseful. It is not like, hey, big guy, punch. It's like it's it's been it's been filmed in a way as a homage to old spy thrillers, and it's great. Like I don't know, well, done, guys, home run. Like I'm loving it so far. Um, so that is what I've been watching, playing, and reading. I'm still read, finishing off the um, Injustice series again because Hot Damn, it's amazing, and it's some of the best comics ever penned to paper. Right. Let's go to it. Gentlemen, I've only played the demo, and I think the demo is excellent, but you two, you are getting into this. You are knee-deep in Final Fantasy 16 lore. I said, is it Final Fantasy enough? Hemming smacked me in the face, said, God damn it, if you don't like this, then you don't like Final Fantasy. My name's Alex Hemming, and I have spoken. Hemming, keep speaking, though. FF sixteen, talk to me. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds like me. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, <laughs> you went, God damn, man! <laughs> uh, it's it's the best Final Fantasy since ten. <laughs> so slice ten since slice ten. So that was just the twenty two years ago. I hate to break really that to long. everybody right now. Two thousand and one, that I'm came out. Very old. Yeah, it was almost a like first year of the PS two. Talk about kicking off with a bang. With that coming out, that genuinely, it, I am loving this so much. It is everything I I wanted, uh, and then some. 
Um, I've actually seen quite a bit of conversation going around where people are going like, this isn't a Final Fantasy game. And What's I don't know logic? what... I don't know. Somebody mentioned, there was a comment I once saw that said, I don't like dark, violent action games. It's not the Final Fantasy that I grew up with. And I was like, well, well hold on. They've been dark and violent forever. So are you just mm. annoyed about lack of turn-based? Because if you are, I've got bad news for you. Final Fantasy hasn't been turn-based for 22 years. years. Yeah. So <laughs> I've got some bad news, buddy. <laughs> I, for me, the thing that makes a Final Fantasy, there's obviously a few bits, but music and characters and story are sort of the main bit, and then it pushing graphical limits. It's always been known for having these amazing, beautiful cutscenes. This hits all those notes. The music is amazing so far. Uh, it's up there as one of my favourite soundtracks, and I've not heard half of the tracks yet. Sid's theme, the uh, the theme for the hideaway, the map music, all I the different Sid's variations. I know Sid's in the game, obviously, because of he's one of the main, main, and you see him in the demo. Have yeah. you met a, with, uh, what's, a Biggs and Wedge yet? Not yet. I'm sure they will show up, but not yet. I hope yet. they turn up as big motherfucking kaijus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what the, talking of the spectacle and the graphical boundaries that is pushing, these icon battles, the kaiju battles that you end up having, they are mad. You just transform into these huge monsters, and the first couple of times you do it, which moles? No. Okay, how far have you got? <laughs> Not there is. Um, you say okay. um, Hemming's knee deep. I'm like down. I'm up to my ankles. <laughs> I just haven't He's had the chance. Toes. Yeah, I have. Where, where have you got to? I don't. I'm like like two or three hours in. I'm not very far at all. Okay, but it's fine. Right. Carry on. I'll get there. I'll try to. I'll try to avoid. Spoilers. Well, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, Spoiler alert, yeah, yeah. there's a crystal involved. Yeah, of course. There, there definitely are. There's multiple crystals, actually. It's, it's funny you should mention that. So one of the producers of uh, Creative Business Unit 3, really <laughs> very catchy, un- yeah. very catchy uh, business name, has been asked a lot recently because there's been a lot of discord about what is a Final Fantasy game. And it's become very mm. philosophical. What makes a Final Fantasy game? And they gave a bit of an answer. And they said, at the core of any Final Fantasy game, there is a power source that is in need of supply, whether that's crystals, whether that's machina, and it's always a natural occurrence, an event that happens in a mystical world. As long as those things happen, it's a Final Fantasy game in our book. And it's like, well, actually, you can literally every game draw some form of natural disaster or avoidance of a natural disaster, link into some form of power source, and it's uh, it's meant to be a reflection on how our dependence of natural resources man versus machine, faith versus science, all those things intertwining and making you question them in all different ways. And I think the world map, which has never actually changed since Final Fantasy VI, I do believe, all they keep they kept doing was just rotating it. So it's not, not technically true. They've sort of had variations of it and mixed it up because each Final Fantasy is set on a different planet. Yeah, it's set on a different planet. So it's yeah. meant completely different. But the point is that the shape of the Earth is very, very... Like you could rotate yeah. it quite literally. And actually, that was originally inspired by the original supercontinent of Earth from like oh, billions of years ago. Yeah, so billions, whatever the right demissible time is. I'm sure science nerds will get angry at me for saying that. But the point is, is that... There's a lot of uh, homage and interesting introspects that go through what makes up these games. And there we go. For me, now you said it like that, well, then absolutely it's Final Fantasy. Yeah. Oh, it got enough chocobos in it for me. They had a blonde it guy has shouting. chocobos. Oh, okay, there we go. I've just, I just got to a point in the game where it popped up in big letters on my screen, chocobo unlocked. And I was like, hell yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're off. That can be the name of the pod. There you go, Mo- <laughs> uh, Moles. 
Chocobo <laughs> unlocked. <laughs> and I'll say Sid, as you mentioned him, he's in the demo. He's obviously a character that you play along with. I think he's going to go down as one of those like iconic Final Fantasy side characters because he is so well scripted and so well performed uh, by Ralph Ralph Innocent, the bloke who's in a load of British sitcoms and has a really deep and gruff voice that you'll have heard before. Oh, he puts in the such guy. a good performance. Um, the guy you know. uh, who was Darth Maul in like the TV shows uh, for Star Wars. <laughs> was he? Yeah, I and, mean he um, might have been. He was in the uh, office. Oh, I might figure out something else then. Um, oh, uh, he was in that episode of Black Books, Fran. And, no, um, not no, him. It's not that guy. That's, okay. that's Peter Serafinovich. Yeah, I like that guy. What is yeah. he in it? He's not that I'm Can aware of. Can we petition to get him later. patched in? Sure, I reckon he'll yeah. be quite good. But <laughs> not to replace <laughs> the guy who's doing Sid, because I genuinely think, yeah, he's going to go down as one of, like, VV and Laguna and Oren, one of those ones that people just remember for years apparently apparently he was in game of thrones he would have been yeah oh my god so they basically you can imagine the producers going we really need to make a game of thrones like game that guy (laughs) (laughs) now here's the fun thing so yeah it starts off very very game of thrones and then it slowly becomes more and more final fantasy right so it goes goes from noshing off family members to people dying on chocobos yeah, they, they basically tease you in and like, hey, come here, casual crowd. You love Game ah, of Thrones. Come on uh, in. Oh, wait, what's lighting. this? Giant crystals controlling the world. What's this flying eyeball over there? Oh, a chocobo, <laughs> what's all this? Who knew this was going to happen? It's kind of amazing. And I'm now, I don't know how many hours I'm in, but I'm level 27 is the best way to describe where I am. Right. And it keeps unlocking more stuff to do. It's not really a secret they did, or a spoiler, but they did say there's time skips. Right. So you play through Clive's life from teenager to mid-30s. And after you hit a time skip, which I just have, it opens up a whole new set of stuff. And it just constantly feels like it's giving me more. And the combat, you're getting more skills, more abilities. And I am I just feel like I'm scratching the surface still. It's amazing. I'm Yeah, I'm gushing. I love it. Play it. It's great. It's, it's on the list. It's uh, I've, We'll talk about this offline. Um, actually, before that, Moles, hmm. how are you loving this, pal? How are you finding it? Pretty much everything that Hemming said. Uh, I'm loving it. Um, it's just, it's different enough to keep me engaged at the minute. And like you say, there's plenty of skills. Everyone plays differently. Um, I think I'm cheating at the minute because I've got... Uh, an accessory where I just have to mash the square button and it does stuff for me. I haven't even got to think. Uh, yeah, the, so I'm running with the that. Accessibility options. I'm yeah. just running with that at the minute. So nice. everyone can play it differently. If you want to focus on magic stuff, you can. If you just want to twat people with the sword, you can. Um, story, like you say, the story is brilliant. It's so well written. And uh, I'm still very early in the game. So, like, Five minutes of battling, and then there's like cutscene, cutscene, cutscene. Directed by Hideo Kojima. Yeah, it is. uh, There's a lot of cutscenes, but they're all really well directed, written, shot. You know, after a battle scene, we'll go to a cutscene, and they've now got blood blood in their hair and stuff like that. It's just graphically beautiful. Amazing, amazing. Well, as you can obviously hear from DJ Luck and MC Neat, they were absolutely loving it. Um, in regards to, hey, that's a 90s slam, kids. Um, it's been a hell of a year 
right, for video games. I think that this is shaping up to be one of the greatest years in video games in probably the last couple of decades. I would say it's probably rivaling 2018 uh, because of how much it has been raining 10 uh, with this uh, with this game, but also all the other games that have been dropping this year. It is uh, definitely up there uh, with all the scores and what all the critics are saying, in spite of them being absolute hats and not just putting a person of colour in the damn game, even when someone suggested it, and it being a console exclusive. Can I... Can I just put my finger up there? So just as you raise that, uh, I actually think that there would have been more controversy and backlash if they had put some black characters in this game. Because oh. a big theme of the game is there are these individuals called bearers who can right. use magic, and they are kept as slaves. And I think that out of context, oh. a clip of somebody being mean to one of these slaves who happened to be a black character would have picked up quite a bit of traction and got quite a lot of you backlash. See, why didn't they just say that then? Because they... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, don't I, know. I, I do think there's a world where they somehow make it even worse by going, no, because we love slaves in it or something. You know, <laughs> you can imagine they'd go even worse with it. But I'm pretty sure with just a little bit of context of saying, narratively, our story would not be as inclusive as you think it would be by putting people of colour in those places. Because they, they treat these guys real bad. Oh. And I'm, I can just see that it wouldn't have mattered what the context well, was. Why don't they just put influencers in that section then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, if only those influencers answer those emails and were on that sub. Anyway, let's not, uh, let's not uh, go into that. Anyway, sorry, gentlemen. I, my battery is about to run out, so I need to run and grab a charger. Uh, Moles, either edit this out or do a bit of a dance. Tell us about what you've been playing and enjoying it. And uh, tell me about the gameplay. How are you finding the fight? The fight. The fight mechanics. There the fight. That's a good one. fight mechanics. The fight thing. Beautiful. You're it leaving is... all this in, by the way. I will probably <laughs> leave most of this in, if not all of it. Nothing like being prepared, is there? Um, no, I, I like the action. It's very action-focused, and Final Fantasy has been for some time, like you say. So people always say, oh, I want the old-school stuff, because they were probably kids when they played it, and that's, you know, they want reminisce of, you know, Final Fantasy, you know, pre-7 7 probably mostly and the subsequent ps1 series but yeah there's a time and a place for that and now is not it games are so vast um in story and scope that could you imagine trying to do a random battle every five minutes now <laughs> on the way that these that's... games progress story so yeah. fast it would drive me mad it would drive me absolutely no, mad. It'd be too much. And this is, it's its very smooth the way you enter battles because you have the enemies on the field. And as soon as you see them, you don't have sort of a smash cut into a battle. You just start fighting them. You just get into it. And it is really smooth. I don't know about you, but it's just really satisfying to when you hit a perfect dodge and you get that little slowdown and then you hit the big counter on them. It's, yeah, the, the, they've nailed the battle. Well, they had the guys behind Devil May Cry working on it. So and you can tell because when you really nail a few combos, it is very Devil May Cry. Yeah. And once you start getting more and more powers, you can tap L two to switch between them, and you're just like letting go of all these mad stuff all over. It's yeah. It's funny. Capcom, if you're listening, crossover, make it happen. There you go. I would be surprised if they didn't. <laughs> really? Is it basically Devil May Cry? It's, when you really. For me, anyway, because I'm cheating, I can't be bothered to hold press all the buttons. Just keep mashing square, and it's just 
like if I had photoepilepsy, it's not the game for you because there's so much flashing going on on the screen <laughs> so quickly. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then when the battle ends, I don't even know which way am I facing. I don't know. Just it's crazy. So, it's crazy. I've seen a bit of um, shade been attempted at this game of people showing cinematics or cutscenes, which are the same thing, Adam, and going, ah, oh, if only this game was actually open world and not baiting us into thinking it was open like that. And I was thinking, bitch, have you ever actually played open world games with that much stuff to explore in? It's sparse as hell. It's boring. You've got to spend hours just literally... Like, you go, oh, I want a game where, see that mountain over there? That's five hours away. I want to be able to walk to it. You've got to spend five hours walking to it. <laughs> it's boring. No, like, Red Dead has taught us that. I'm sorry, let's admit it. We're past, it's, it's past us long enough now to say it's kind of boring going for that length of time traveling to places. Um, does it feel linear or does it feel contextual? It, it definitely feels linear, especially at the start. The, yeah. the beginning few hours, probably the first four or five hours, it is very much just, as Mole said, do a battle, walk forward a bit, have a cutscene, and repeat for a while. But it does open up. You get to some areas which are quite large, open fields. There's not a huge amount to do in them other than explore and just fight monsters, level up, do some grinding. Love but that grind, are... baby. Yeah, exactly. But there are these big areas. They feel very, very similar, and this isn't a surprise because it's made by the same team, very similar to the areas from Final Creative Fantasy Creative business 14. unit three. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen. The map design almost looks identical to some areas from fourteen. So you just have a big area, a hub in the middle of it somewhere, and then just monsters to fight and the occasional treasure chest to find. That's great. It's and then you just master fine. everything around you, and then you Absolutely. OP yourself and move on. What more could you want? Right, okay. So, Hemming, I know you've not rolled credits yet, although I'm sure you're going to be the first out of the group to do so. Um, in your top five Final Fantasies, where does this sit? Does it make the top five? I was thinking about this recently. It's... It's pushing it. At the moment, it's probably just outside it, just because the nostalgia factor pushes Ooh. my top five into the position they are, which is basically nine, uh, ten, eight, seven, and six. So those, there's a, that whole series of six to ten is hard to get into. Mm. So, but it's very close. It is knocking on the door. I would, I would, yeah, it's probably sixth at the moment. And knocking on the door. Knock, I'm, knock, knocking so on Hemmings' door. <laughs> so, Please so don't, by wrong. the way. Don't dox me. <laughs> Molsey, does it break into any top lists for you well, in Final I, Fantasy? I haven't played enough of it yet to really say, but like, Semi, uh, like Hemming has said, though, six PS1 era, so seven, eight, nine, and Final Fantasy X. If you were to just play all those games, you could pretty much say you've played Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's that is fair. Uh, it, I'm sure scholars will be writing about what the fuck happened after ten for it to like no one. You know that that Simpsons meme where it's like Homer, what do you prefer, France or Italy? Uh, Italy. No one ever says France. That's the same about Final Fantasy from X onwards. Like very few people. The only people that are saying they like like twelve. Or, or 15 they're just saying that to sound different you're the Che Guevara poster people no it's either that or they haven't played any of the previous ones oh, they have played you know, that was their first experience was 12 oh. well yeah there's there's a Final Fantasy for everyone though 
They've all got this different things. So someone's favourite Final Fantasy is somebody else's least favourite. That is very true. There's always going to be someone's rum raisin. So Apart from let's, two. That's uh, the worst. That is officially the worst. <laughs> it's not, even they call it, we call it the worst. Right, <laughs> uh, gentlemen, the fox is in. Let's do a bit of news. News. Um, I couldn't think of a jingle on the spot there, so you have to settle for that. No, thank you. Um, it's funny you should say that, Harry. I was at... What, I won't say where I work because if I say where I work, I don't have to go get it actually signed off on, believe it or not. But I was in an office where a uh, famous voice artist was in there recording some lines. And in this office, this person was warming up and he was just standing in the corner, practicing some of his lines, speaking to his producer. And I I happened to be there because it's an open office place and I went and just sat up there. And I was just sitting there working away. And there's this guy about 10 feet away from me just going... Apple, Apple, Pepper likes Apple, everyone likes Apple, and it's like, it's the fucking Pepper Pig guy, <laughs> I'm like, should I just say to him, my kid loves you or something, and I could hear his push, I think you got one, I think you could do better than that, now. a little bit more pronunciation on the Apple part, <laughs> and I was just like, this is kind of funny, I wish I could just record this conversation and put it, anyway, um, back to back to news, um, let's talk a bit about the the. The court case of the century. Hemming, I've got to be honest, mate. I have been trying to follow this, but I am losing the will to live with it. Are you able to give people like me some succinct communication over what's going on? What's the tip for tat? Are Sony good? Are Sony bad? Are Xbox evil? <laughs> Has Phil Spencer taken over the world? Is he, is he king? Does he need a hug? Is he in a real bad place? I don't know anymore. Tell me what to believe. Genuinely, I, I don't know either. This is the problem. Mm. We're still only early days in as well. Um, But basically, this is the FTC case against Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. They've acquired a lot of people, right? Is that just going to be like the the case versus the the people versus Father Christmas? Is it going to be just like case (laughs) after case after case? It might be. But a lot of stuff has come out. None, None of it has been too juicy as yet. Uh, there's been some hilarious stuff uh, that Sony couldn't redact the documents properly. So they used a Sharpie to redact the documents. But when you scan it, you can see through the Sharpie and see the letters. <laughs> so after that, people found out that Horizon Forbidden West cost $212 million to make, which Ooh. big money. Does that mean um, it's, it, is it profitable? Was yeah, it profitable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's already made over a four hundred and fifty million. Well, there you go. It's a, well, yeah, so, if it's similar to movies, I mean, to be fair, that is very similar to a standard summer blockbuster budget. There you go. Uh, although saying that, the marketing cost is usually that that budget times two, so you do have to be close to seven hundred million to really make actual money, which is that's, insane. That's nonsense. Um, but yeah, so that came out, which is quite fun. They've had to take away all the documents and re-upload them with proper redaction. But it's the internet, so they're already out there. Have fun. Um, it is now a matter of court record. Apparently, there are one million people out there who only play Call of Duty. So this is a big thing that Sony are talking about, is that if you ex- make exclusive Call of Duty, we lose any percentage of that one million people who will only ever buy a console just to play Call of Duty. And that is a mad number of people. I didn't realise it'd be that high. That is ridiculous. Just Call of Duty? That is ridiculous, but... I've never the... played one. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Call, call, <laughs> call of Duty. We I gave up. Him. I gave up a long time ago. I just, 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 just like, you know what? Good for you. 
But you know what? I'm not going to... This is the one time I'm not going to fall for what they all say. <laughs> um, if people only play one game, then mm -hmm. surely you just buy the cheapest console, right? Which yeah, is the probably. Xbox but, Series S. Well, surely. You'd think so. So... Yeah. They already own. They they're probably already losing out on sales of the PS5 because it's like much more expensive than but an it, Xbox Series S. They were less than two hundred quid argument. last Christmas. This is like children washing their dirty laundry. Like Sony never expects this to make public domain for people to be aware of, and it's lawyer talk, right? Upstain, up there, up instruction, blah, 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 you know, whatever loyal babble talk goes between <laughs> them. What's that? What to drink you? Um, but the point is, is that, you know, where's the end game with this? Is this just Sony trying to kick a can down the road? Surely this acquisition is going to happen. Well, it's been rejected previously by several big uh, parts of the mergers and monopolies. A UK court said it was banned. They wouldn't True. allow it to go through. The US court initially wouldn't allow it. And now they're having this trial to talk it through. Um, it, it's... What happens then when this kangaroos to the point where like i don't a, a microsoft allowed to pay acquisition uh, like the bills of the company they've acquired so like that might be sitting there going like boss we know what's going on do you own us or not like, i genuinely don't know how this works and i mean it, there's a there's internal confusion as well there's emails that have come out that apparently the heads of bethesda or sorry activision i think were really confused that they weren't allowed to port some games onto playstation but were allowed to port others so, like, why aren't we consistent? Why are we just sort of haphazardly choosing what goes where? So, it, there just seems like there's a lot of confusion all around. Why don't anyone and, think of the stakeholders? Well, they are always thinking about the stakeholders. Look, I just have to say, if you're a shareholder in a massive AAA production studio, you've probably not been paid yet. Now, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah, you must be running out of, of whale oil for your yachts or unicorn tears to keep your faces looking young. Or just stealing food for no reason that you don't need. I feel for you, people. We all want to be you one day. Hopefully, this acquisition can go through and you can get paid. Fingers... <laughs> we'll set up a GoFundMe for you. Fingers crossed. Won't somebody think of the billionaires? Um, there's, there's also the thing that Sony are bringing up, which is that apparently Microsoft have considered and even tried on a few occasions to buy Sega. pretty much everybody. Yeah. Sega is the one that sort of people have been talking about the most, but there's a list as long as your arm of companies that apparently Microsoft have yeah, just I gone. This, this would, yeah, we I fancy charge, that. We'll, we'll take that. And me. Sony are worried that Microsoft will just buy them out of business. They'll just buy everybody else <laughs> to the point where Sony have only got what they've currently oh, got. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get rich by by right right now. Checks. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but Sega was quite funny because it seems as though. Sega say that they believe that Microsoft trust them or have more faith in them than other competitors, but they want to stay independent. So even if a bid was to come in, they've said we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to budge no. at the moment. Mm. But if we were, we'd prefer Microsoft. Give a little cheddar, boys. Bill um, Gates got them dollars. But what I do enjoy, which uh, I'll be very careful how I balance this over, whenever it's a Japanese publisher. There is, and people talk about Japanese publishers, they always try and talk about it without trying to sound xenophobic, but they always end up going, oh, there's a lot of honour in these companies, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> steam and charity, and she says, why don't you just, why don't you just call 
cool. Yeah, why don't you just be really racist when you're trying to describe these companies? The point is, is There's a lot of ninjas. In yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot of honour, a lot of honour, you know, you know, and uh, and uh, yes, they they all they all get up at five a.m. to work out as a family. It's really really nice. Um, the point is, is that these companies know their value in their markets, and they also know that control is really important when it comes to the games they make and the stories they want to tell. And mm. I, for one, do not want to see Sega anywhere else except at Sega doing Sega things. Now, for better or worse, people might turn around and say. What have they done of note? I would argue they've been fucking Sega, right? It's new Sonic coming out. Making Yakuza games. Those Yakuza games, exactly, right? Like, um, let's not forget, they also helped with other smaller studios produce games like Alien Isolation. Uh, Sega was part of the the, the original uh, publishing teams that helped get that off the ground. So they are doing some of the Lord's work out there. And yes, okay, you might be upset with uh, Sonic Frontiers, but... For every Sonic Frontiers, you get in like a dragon. So bring it, keep it going, Sega. Good job. And it would kind it of works. break my heart a little bit to see Sonic standing on an Xbox logo, you know? Oh, it makes me feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> Just when he and Mario had become friends and everything. Yeah, I know, they've become BFFs. Here's the thing, right? And this is uh, this probably leads on... Actually, I'm going to bring in the discussion that was supposed to be later on in the pod for a bit of a debate. I have no problem with creating new ip exclusive to your console so go create a god of war go create a halo go create a sonic go create a mario what i have a problem with is buying an ip that already exists and stage gating it it's artificial you haven't earned the right as uh, jeff goldblum once said, uh, you didn't you didn't learn the knowledge yourself you 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 bought it and acquired it and slapped it and put a lunchbox on it and that's what Xbox have been doing with these acquisitions. And their attempt to combat that is by making original IP, which is good. However, it feels like they've just sat there in a marketing office and gone, just, just, just make Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Just make Bloodborne. Don't call it Bloodborne. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Gone down the steampunk route. Heming's already told me this. I've been converted. But there have been other games. So I can't remember what it was called. There was a video dropped of... Day one game pass and showed us the trailer of basically Bioshock Infinite. And it's not even a joke how much the trailer is like for like against that. There are these pound shop clones of decent games being hastily remade on Xbox as to be passed out as new original IP. How do we feel about this? Well, annoyed, maybe? I'm angry and tired. I'm angry and tired. Um, it's like they've just taken a photocopier from the 80s, haven't they, and just hit the button, and they've got, like, a copy of it that's just not quite as good. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Hemming, there's a fine line between spiritual successor... You know, uh, Hades. Yeah. The Hades um, game, which... No, it's not called Hades, sorry. Um, Daymare 1984, where you play as... The Hades team, which is basically the Stars team. It was a fan team that tried to remake Resident Evil 2, didn't get permission to. Then Capcom made Resident Evil 2 remake, and they went, well, fuck it, we're going to still keep making it, but we're going to call it Daymare 1994 or whatever. Um, And it is basically Resident Evil 2, just not as good, right? That is very much a spiritual remake, a spiritual sequel, but nothing to do with it at all. That feels okay. 
It's not an, it's not a console exclusive. It was made by people with real passion. They, they're very honest about what they've made for it. But I think there's a fine line between that and literally just pound shop versions of decent games. Yeah, I mean, as you said with this one, it's. Uh, I was just checking up the name. Clockwork Revolution is what it's called. Clockwork uh, bollocks, mate. And yeah, as you said, you can watch just a side by side of it and Bioshock Infinite. And I was even when I was watching the trailer, I remember thinking, "Hold on, this looks very familiar." I've got sort of barbershop quartet music in this steampunk-looking city, and if you go back in time and change things, the city becomes more run down. And mm-hmm. it it is following beat for beat. I hope this isn't just what they've got up their sleeves. <laughs> um, it might be a fun game, but it's not going to be as good as Bioshock. Just saying, because I love that series. I I don't like it. Yeah, if you're going to make... I know it's difficult. You've got, to put the hard, be... you've got to put the hard hours in, you've got to make stuff that no one's ever heard of, and you've got to stick with it. I know it's difficult, because originality is... Like music nowadays, I feel like an old man music nowadays. <laughs> music nowadays, I tell you. Sounds the same. I keep hearing is music from the early 90s. I heard it feel like Crocodile Rock in a long time. Long time! What do you, what do you mean this isn't blue dabba dee dabba die and someone's <laughs> having the best freaking day of their life? I don't... I, I, <laughs> originality is dead is what I'm saying <laughs> I just really love the idea of like an ancient Hemming on a porch talking to kids back in my day we had sweet like chocolate blue I've just realised I'm like my dad when Will Smith's songs were coming out and I'm like here come the man in black he's like that's not what that song is yeah, stop yeah, singing it like that Yeah, my, my parents were <laughs> saying my mum used to hate Will Smith albums in the house and the thing is like for me Willennium is a goat album, right? Oh. I, I love that album. But my mum would walk past and go, he literally just takes a bunch of Sister Sledge songs and just raps over 100%. them. 100%. And it's so fucking <laughs> annoying. And it's like, no, 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 man. Like, 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 first time I heard Miami, I was like, man, this is a fucking banger. Like, unfortunately, specifically Will Smith, all of his bangers are just classic songs that he has so, like, sampled and taken, right? This is where we put in the question here. You think they're bangers... Does that just mean that this is for a new generation? Let it slide. It's fine. We're the old guys that remember the original. These new these new bloods don't remember it. Mm. Just let them have their fun. You're probably right. If I'm putting my level-headed flint head on, I'd say, you know what, kids? When you finish playing that, go play Bioshock. And you're going to come back to me and go, you know what? I really like Will Smith's getting jiggy with it, but then I listen to the greatest answer, and you know what? Wah, wah, wah. You know, like you're 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 sold. So if that's a gateway drug for you actually liking good stuff, then I'm sold, and I will retract my previous statements about the pound shop games. Good luck, Microsoft. You can be the Audi of games. Moles. <laughs> Just whack a new badge on it. It's fine. Yeah, it's like you know the the in the UK. Sorry, it's very UK centric. A lot of our humour, but uh, in the UK for the uninitiated, uh, there was a famous court case recently. Um, in during Easter in the UK, we give chocolate bunnies to people. Uh, Lint chocolate make a very famous chocolate bunny. The Audi supermarket created their own version of it, and it's just not as good. It's a little bit cheaper. You can get more of them, and uh, they got sued by the Lint ch- uh, chocolate company, and there's a factory somewhere apparently with a million chocolate rabbits in heavy spaces. Like we need to find this Where's, gold. <laughs> wait, wait. This is like an Indiana Jones film. Oh, I, yeah, I need yes. to find this. Break in. Secret con- contraband. <laughs> along, oh. with, along with the Cuthbert the caterpillars. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And Percy Pig. 
I'd have to do my own version of salty swine soon. Um, that's, that's something else. I don't, I don't want to taste that. I, I'm good. <laughs> Sweaty hog. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, before this descends into madness on the debate, um, Hemming, you've, yeah, you make a very good point, which is who gives a shit? If it gets people in the video games, they're loving it. All power to them. Um, but if I see a goddamn Resident Evil knockoff, again, I write. Oh, we, we can still moan about it. We just have to realise that uh, there's people that are like 15 years younger than us that are going to enjoy this. Yeah. So right. let them have their fun. Right, well, back to the FTC. If you're a betting man, based on what you've seen thus far, Hemming, where does this go? It's it's genuinely too early to say. I think it's only day three of the trial as we speak. Ah, oh, please so tell there's me there's long, like a live bulletin somewhere on the internet. <laughs> so there was. They were streaming the audio, and then the judge very, very firmly said, anybody streaming this audio is going to be in a lot of trouble. Stop it now. So we mm. might only hear very brief snippets for a little while, after the, uh, especially after the Sony redaction cock-up. Oh, can someone please do a reenactment then? I want to hear and see actors. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. After that Prince Harry thing, I don't Yeah, I want, that's anymore. exactly what I want. I want Jim, Jim, like a, a fake Jim on a stage going, you're a stupid head, Phil Spencer. Stop <laughs> buying all the companies. Do you know how hard it is to keep being the biggest console in the world? <laughs> I promise the shareholders so much. <laughs> that's what I want to see reenacted. Anyway, should we move on to more news? Um, <laughs> uh, we won't talk about the Sega-ness of that because that was what up in the last segment let's talk about Tears of the Kingdom uh, that is doing very well in that it's reigning 10 years um, it's, it's already the second highest grossing video game of the year only to Hogwarts Legacy which by the way done a billion dollars more than expected um, and it's only been out for about a month and a half mm-hmm. that's batshit crazy also bear in mind these numbers are only physical sales. We have not got digital yet, which I would hypothesize that the vast majority of sales will be digital. I mean, gentlemen, I'm the only person in the world who owns a Switch who hasn't purchased this game yet. Am I going to be that like guy that they target, like GTA V? You know, how, how the hell does that still end up being in the top 10 games sold every year? Is it going to be like that? Is this going to long tail and keep selling forever? I don't think it's going to keep selling forever. No, um, but it's definitely going to keep selling for a lot longer. And you mentioned about the, the digital thing. I think you'd be surprised. Nintendo sells a lot of physical because they seem to cater to the young, a younger demographic. Kids like having a physical thing in their hands. You give them a box as a present. You're not just going to give them a code as a present. They're mm. not going to find that as fun. But anyway... It's yeah, still impressive. It, it's, going to keep, it's still very, very impressive, and it is going to... I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't beat Hogwarts just because Harry Potter has... It's got that. It's freaking Harry Potter. It's on every console. Yeah, exactly. This is one console. And if it comes second to it, that is no shame because one console going nuts. I've been playing a bit more of it lately. I know that Michael Carden-Edwards on the last pod had a little bit of a downer on it. And I was with him there. But I've, I've been pulled back in again. I go into sort of peaks and troughs with it. Like it's become so zen. It's been so zen just walking around the world and just exploring these shrines. And I actually quite like the building mechanic. Don't tell Mike. He won't listen. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the building mechanic. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm pretending to smoke a cigarette here when I go through social media and go, give me more penis people. 
when I see videos of the uh, man of, of high culture that you are. You can penises are plenty. Uh, do you think they'll DLC it like they done with? Oh, uh... yeah, of course. Nice, hundred percent. I haven't finished the story yet because I'm playing it only on the commute, so it's getting those little bursts. And yeah, just it's great to zone out and explore. What's nice. Doing uh, we all said it's game of the year even before it came out, and I jokingly sent a video to the guys going, this is the moment I knew this game was going to win Game of the Year, and it's just the clip of... <laughs> like, like, it's just there, it's just one, oh my God, all the flowers. Um, do we think it's definitely the Game of the Year so far, based on everything else we have had thus far? Final Fantasy is my Game of the Year right now. <laughs> Hot damn. Wow, there we go, strong yep. praise indeed. Um, yep. Well... Yeah, well, let's talk about a game that's not going to be Game of the Year, um, but it still holds the game of our hearts in Metal Gear Solid Collection. Um, We talked about this during the PlayStation Showcase, and we had a whole episode dedicated to it, but uh, during a recent Nintendo Direct, we had a lot more information about the Metal Gear Solid Collection. Uh, We got price, we got games, we got bonus content, and spaceless speculation about the next volume, which is interesting, right? So let's talk about this. First of all, it's no longer just the Metal Gear Solid Collection. It's the Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume 1, which is going to consist of Metal Gear, Metal Gear Snake's Revenge, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Or, in other territories, Operation Snake Eater. It has also been hacked on the website, um, because people do that, they look at code and stuff, that actually this is part of what would be known as Volume 2, coming at a later date. Molesy, with his detective hat on, when I say detective hat on, went and looked at the pre-order page and said to us, chaps, this is going to be 50 quid. That feels a bit steep. How do we feel about all of this? Moles. Exactly that, mate. Like, <sighs> Great. You, you've thrown in some 2D old school games, which you could... There is some you know, other content as well. There is like, the wow, uh, story versions of the games in terms of you can read like a flip, flip book versions of it, a digital flip book version. Not being... The soundtracks, VR missions. The whole shebang. I'm not being funny, but like bonus content and reading through. People have got to flick through that once and be done with it. You've got yeah, three. You're speaking to the wrong people. I think me and Henry will actually study this and wish there's a paper yeah, version. Yeah, but you might go through it like once and that's it. And bonus content of playing, you know, soundtracks and cutscenes and whatnot. Yeah, great. That's all very nice. But 50 quid. 50 quid? Video games, video games have gone up in price, though. Like, I think it's been a bit of a... You know, to, to put on my Bane voice and go, there's been a reckoning of video game prices. No, I get it. I um, don't, you know, I don't mind, you know, 50, 60, 70 quid for a new game that has it. been this developed. This is not a but... remake. This no, they've not, repaid, they've just, packaged it's it. It's a touch-up, yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the quote that you said. You uh, packaged it up, stick a label on it, and out it goes. That's what they've done. They, unfortunately, that is what they have done. And they're trying to lure and... you in with, ooh, you can now play like the old school, I don't even know what it was, NES I games, Atari games. The VR missions. Oh, yeah, I got the time for this, the NES games. I just watched a YouTube video of some guy telling me how good they are. those, yeah. But um, look, we get to go back to Shadow Moses. I think they've missed a trick by not including Twin Snakes, the remake version for the GameCube. I think surprised that... that wasn't in there. Yeah, because yeah. I've no, I've just had a look. It's actually the Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 are the HD collection versions. Yeah. So they did a HD collection for the PS3. Yeah, and, and PS4 uh, and Xbox 360. So they've just upscaled it with some new so textures. They've, they've just chucked these on. They probably haven't even done that, to be honest with you. Konami are a 
notoriously cheap. Remember, you remember I jokingly was talking about how small Shredder's Revenge was. I can imagine they go, the entire collection, 500 meg. <laughs> well, <laughs> couple of gig, job done. It, yeah, I'll be, like, I'll be I'm not being funny, right? But for 50 quid, like you could probably go on eBay and get physical copies of the originals probably and not. a bloody console. <laughs> Oh, you're pushing I, it I there. Think pushing it. Yeah, really I think you are pushing one. it. Um, but you are right. There's something to be said about the price point. I think there is a world where I think they've targeted the hardcore. And by targeting the hardcore, it's not going to sell well. Because, like you say, people aren't going to throw 50 schmeckles unless you name a podcast after the franchise. <laughs> I'll say for the Switch, though, 50 quid to have all of these Metal Gear Solid games on the go. I, I mean, look, deal. I'm buying it, and I'm I'm thinking about am I going to buy? It? Of course you are. Uh, the only thing I'm <laughs> the only thing I'm debating of: do I just buy it on the Switch, or do I buy it on the Switch and my PS5? So that when I have if... my Metal Gear folder, and I have the Metal uh... Gear Solid Snake Snake Eater remake there as well in the same folder, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. And I need to get that sweet if, platinum. If they'd done any, ah, oh, that is true. You could get platinums in them now. Mm. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about Switch versions as well, during the same direct, they announced that Arkham, the Arkham collection, including Arkham Knight, is going to be making its way to the Switch. Now, I love my Switch. Bless her. She's a good old girl. Shame what she used to be. I don't think there's a world where Arkham Knight plays well on the Switch at all. Resident Evil 6 plays fucking jank on the Switch. Resident Evil 4, by the way, the original is the best version you ever play that game on there, except the remake, of course. Um, hmm. Hemming, do you think it's going to be good or not good? I mean, it didn't run very well on anything when it first came out. Uh, uh, <laughs> hopefully they've done some optimization with it. Um, but again, it's... Can you imagine... A, what? However, at, at, how old is it? 10-year-old game now? Yes, at it least. came out in 2014. Um, so, so can it's... you imagine back at Rocksteady, they're like, come in. Hey, boss. Yeah, great work on Arkham City, by the way. Like, you guys knocked out of the park. Great. Yeah, and Arkham Knight. Yeah, thanks. So, what's next? Well, we've got one studio working on a really shit Gotham Knights game, which we're helping support from time to time. <laughs> okay, cool. What are you going to do for the next 10 years? We are going to port that motherfucker to the Switch, and it's going to be the best version you've ever heard of. Don't people want, like, a Golden Age game or, like, a Flash game or a Batman game or another su- or a Superman game? No, 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 no. They just want to go around that sweet Batmobile again on a Switch. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, when we package the Arkham series, pretend Origins never existed. What? We will never speak about Arkham Origins. Oh, it, Arkham it what? Was not... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Just, just making sure. Just yeah. double checking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I it's... love how they just ignored that. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, like, I don't think it was that bad. It just wasn't great and innovative. That's the only it difference, was right? So. It was, as you were saying, it was a Poundland version of an Arkham game. It was so janky. They, they like, basically had all the code and still went... Yeah, yeah, but I remember the IGN review, and I've stolen this quote for basically every film review i ever done in my film podcast after this, was, Batman's like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still good. And I'm like, yes, it is. It's a terrible pizza. Miles, what's your favourite pizza to order? Ooh. Uh, do you remember the Domino's Dominator? Do you remember? Yes, the dom- I do. The, the double layer. Yeah. Yeah, double so Arkham Knight is the Dominator. Now, what's the worst pizza? Uh, garlic sauce pizza. 
Yeah, right. Garlic yeah. and anchovy. Like, right, so, do oh, you remember, like, like every university, I'm really segmenting our audience here, every university had a dodgy pizza place you ordered from. Our one happened to be this demantable that would make pizzas at four in the morning. Is there a bathroom there? Is there a water source? No, but you're still going to order pizza from them at four in the morning. And guess what? It's 18 inches. I've never seen an oven that goes big enough to fit an 18-inch pizza in, but I'm still ordering it from these guys, and I'm only going to pay a tenner for it. That is the Arkham origins of games, <laughs> those pizzas. That's a disturbing, <laughs> disturbing metaphor for what that game is. <laughs> and I'm getting flashbacks <laughs> I wonder to why seeing I a man stuff. devour an 18-inch pizza in like 30 seconds. <laughs> I you you don't want to see it, guys. You, no, we don't. You do not do it. Okay, so it. that is all the news <laughs> that is fit to print. Unless Hemming, something has happened while we've been recording. And <laughs> not that I know of. No, no, we know. No, no. Okay, so uh, there you have it. There we have a pod. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed what you're listening to, then you know what, brother, click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is. That means you, you get more content from Grey Fox Plays. I'd like to thank our trophy man, Mr. Platinum Hemming. Thank you so much. And then I'm going to bring him back in, our producer, our man in the chair. I can't remember what song that I parodied to begin with. Oh, I remember what one. It's Mosey, Mosey, Mosey. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Good evening. <laughs> I am going to get that bloody FF16 and I'm going to find out what all the fuss is all about. Until next time. <laughs>